0: Mediated Conversation on SAFM. Good morning, time for your Mediated Conversation this Tuesday morning. The National Treasury has now formally proposed major changes to the way that pension funds are going to work and are going to introduce, as you know, what's called a 2 hot retirement system. Up until now, the money you paid into your pension was, generally speaking, very difficult for you to access. If you wanted it, you normally had to sort of leave your job, literally resign, or you had to formally retire. That meant that some people who wanted to use the money to pay back their debts or wanted the money to help their families or wanted to use the money to start a business were not able to get that money. There's a big debate here because your pension is supposed to look after you when you retire if you spend it your entire retirement. You will be in poverty. But the money in your pension fund is your money. So you could also have a right to it and to make your own decisions about your own money. So then how big will the changes be and what impact will it have on our society? First this morning, Alvina Taylor is the director for retirement time and funding at the Tax and Financial Sector Policy Division of the National Treasury. Then the human behavioral specialist, Dr. Mavis Eureka, has examined how people make financial Decisions. And finally, Eunice Sabir is an expert on personal finances. We start then with, from the National Treasury, Alvina Taylor. Alvina, good morning and thank you for your time.
1: Good morning. Thank you,
0: Stephen, for Under the proposals from the National Treasury, how's this going to work? How will the two pot retirement pension system work? Okay.
1: Um, I think, as you rightly said, a lot of people have been struggling. So this has been largely influenced by the COVID pandemic um, because we rely mostly on our retirement savings. We do not have any other additional savings to tap into. So we have now decided as government to propose that a a smaller chunk of an individual's retirement contribution, which is one third, be allocated into what we call a savings pot, which will be accessible without an individual or a worker having to retire or to resign, sorry, to resign, that would be accessible prior, before retirement, during an individual's working life. And the larger chunk, as rightly said, this is supposed to take care of us when we retire, when we are no, no longer able to have any other income. She said, of the retirement contributions will then be allocated to the retirement court. So these contributions will be split from 1 March 2024 going onward. Whatever an individual, a worker has saved before the tree system comes into effect will be put aside, but it will have to grow with, depending on the market. Um, that is what we refer to as the vested pot. So we have a vested pot, what you have accumulated. Going forward, contributions are split into one third. The savings pot, which will be accessible, two-thirds into a retirement pot, which will be preserved until a worker retires.
0: So the majority of your pension would remain, you wouldn't be able to touch it? Exactly. Okay. That
1: would be the two-thirds.
0: If you can withdraw uh, one-third once a year, the one-third of it once a year, would there be a provision to stop someone from doing it literally every year? Or if you work for 30 years, would you be able to make a withdrawal literally every year? You would be able to make a withdrawal 30 times?
1: So the conditions, only conditions, two conditions for the savings pot is that you're only allowed to withdraw once a year. And the amount that is withdrawn should not be less than 2,000 rand. Those are the only two conditions. So depending on how much an individual has saved in the savings pot, they can withdraw as long as it's once a year. And they don't
0: draw less than two thousand. So someone could become used to the idea of drawing some of their money from their pension fund every year, and there'll be nothing to stop them. Yes, that's
1: the downside.
0: Okay. Are you worried that this is going to lead to people having less money to retire on? That people will be retiring in the future with only two thirds of what they would have retired on otherwise.
1: Um, I think what we should also bear in mind is that at retirement, you are allowed one-third as a cash lump sum. So with this reform, we are sort of allowing workers to fact-track their one-third that would have been accessible as a cash lump sum at retirement. So the two-thirds is a bigger chunk of an individual's contributions towards retirement, which would have, in any case, being subjected to amortization or the parties of a pension at retirement.
0: Okay, I think I'm with you. So just to yeah. so, so what that means is the main lump sum, the two-thirds, is going to be roughly the same anyway.
1: Yes, exactly. So the two-thirds, it's largely the same as what we have currently. You are allowed to only take a third as a cash lump sum currently and two-thirds of what you have is subject to what we call amortization or the purchase of a pension at retirement.
0: Okay, there's been a lot of pressure on the national treasury. Uh, some of it's come from the unions. They've been pushing for this reform. Has a, have reforms like this happened in other places? Um, have have has anyone been able to sort of look at the impact of something like this in other places, or, or are we, as far as you know, the first?
1: Um, we are actually not the first. I think the UK has been looking at a similar um, provision that they call it sort of a side pocket. So you have to save in your retirement pot up to a certain point, you reach that target. Then once you have reached the target, your additional contributions can be put into what they call a side pocket. Um, Chile only allowed withdrawals during covid they haven't gone through this uh, uh, reform. They only allowed access during COVID pandemic, but those were repeated uh, withdrawals, which led to the depletion of um, individuals or workers' retirement savings. So we think with this reform, we are sort of not allowing unlimited access. It is a limited portion, which an individual could have uh, been able to withdraw anyway at retirement. And with our engagement with the industry, um, there has not been that much of an outcry when it comes to liquidity. Mm. The concern is largely on the volume, on how much, how many people will be coming forced to withdraw, but not so much on liquidity issues, given that uh, there is a limit, there is a cap on, on what can be um, withdrawn. It's one third of the contributions. And it also depends on how much an individual would have saved in that particular year they would want to withdraw.
0: There's another big story here which is debt. I mean workers are drowning in debt and that's why people want to access this money. As a society, I mean I realise, um, Alvina, that you know, you work in one particular area of the treasury, but as a society, this is clearly a problem we need to look at.
1: That is very true. Um so we find actually uh individuals that we're not that much impacted by by COVID are the ones that are seeking to withdraw individuals that have been receiving a full, full salaries. Um, the report show that public servants mostly are the ones that are highly indebted. So it's something that we need to, to look at. Um, I'm not sure how much you can educate a person in terms of uh, looking at their finances, not living beyond their means. But in my own personal thinking, I think this is beyond an individual living there, Mm. beyond their personal needs. We have salaries not growing. We have what you call the missing middle, not being able to afford uh, where they are being put. And for example, if if I can give an example with, with education, we have the missing middle not able to afford education fees for their children. Mm. but they do not qualify for the NSFAs. And while they're in the foundation stages, we we take our children to private schools, which we do not necessarily afford that much, but because we want a better education for them, we have to take them there. That sort of puts a strain on any individual's income, um, because we do not trust our government schools, maybe. So there is more than just looking at teaching mm. an individual to take care of their finances to leave to not leave the underneath. It's it's there are more fundamental issues that mm. need to be addressed.
0: Alvina Teller, thank you. The Director for Retirement Funding at the Tax and Financial Sector at the Policy Division at the National Treasury. You with SAFM. Uh, you'll mediate a conversation around the two-pot retirement system. The pension system continues 18 minutes to nine the time. Dr. Mavis Yoreka is a human behavioral specialist who's looked at why we make the financial decisions we do. Dr. Ioreka, good morning. Morning, how are you? I'm well, thank you. A pension is a forced saving. You have to do it if you are in formal employment. You join a pension fund, it forces you to save. If you can now access some of that money, how does that change how you think about or feel about that money?
2: So I think that's very interesting because you mentioned it, that we are forced to save. So it's not a personal initiative to save. Ideally, you know you're going to retire. So, And we know that research has showed a lot of people are going to retire without sufficient um, money on retirement. So ideally, we should be actually contributing more or wanting to contribute more or making choices and decisions to add more to our pension funds. But now that it's now accessible, we are actually going to get some of it despite the fact that we might retire without sufficient um, income or in- without sufficient money. So a lot of the times the reason why many people are struggling in debt is that you get a credit card. You start to think it's part of your money. You start budgeting it. You start making it accessing it every other time. You leave your credit card on max. You are just paying the bare minimum. So I think there's a lot of you know, challenges in terms of our own behaviors where we are starting to think, it is my money. But I think it is your money. However it is meant for a period when you cannot earn more income so people will get excited that they can get this money to for your, for their day to day and i think the frame of mind is i'm still going to work but how long are you going to work and if you access what you have saved so far will you be able to actually save more after you've accessed what you've accessed. So I think it's a bit of a challenge. People are going to get excited, access their income, to try and probably get some relief in terms of their debt or even escalate their lifestyle, right? And then start buying things that they think, oh, I need this, I need that. And not think about the fact that one day I'm going to retire and I'm going to need to have money when I can no longer earn more money. So this is, yeah, an interesting, um, you know, um, happening. Mm -hmm.
0: So, so, I mean, for example, if you can't access it, so you pay it, you see it on your payslip, you almost ignore it on your payslip if you still get a payslip nowadays and you don't think about it again. But now if it's there and you're allowed to, like, as you say, the credit card is such a good example, you suddenly yeah. want to access it just because you can. Whereas if it wasn't there before, if the option wasn't there, you just ignored it and then you you know, got it later.
2: You make you end make meet with whatever you have, so you realize it's not part of my day-to-day. I can't have it, so you don't even think it, like you said. But now that it's accessible, you start thinking, oh, let me actually get it. Maybe I could pay this debt, or oh, let me get it so maybe I could buy that thing that I've always wanted. So you start to actually budget it, like it's your day-to-day income.
0: Is it a bit? Um like, you know, there's a sort of a situation where I think some companies pay a bonus. Um, I've never worked for one of these, but some of them, I mean, I've received a bonus in my life. But but some companies would pay a bonus and then they would have a thing where they would, um, you know, give you a bonus, give you the annual bonus sort of on the, the month of your birthday or at a particular time of year. Um, and then the bonus ends up not being spent on what you could call saved consumption, not being invested. It gets spent on just consumption.
2: I think when you look at it, the consumer debt is high in South Africa, right? So it's not people investing, it's people buying day-to-day things. It's people buying liabilities like your car, things that will probably um, depreciate over time. So now that you have access to it, the chances are you're going to buy maybe the next set of, um, you know, couches you wanted, um, that suit you wanted. So it's actually not getting into investment for a lot of people. It's consumer. It's going to be just spent and there's nothing to show for it.
0: Are there ways you can try not to think about it, (laughs) to pretend that this change isn't happening?
2: Yeah, so I think it's a mindset issue. So there are people who have already organized their finances that they are even contributing more. So it's a mindset shift. So there are people who are already investing, people who are already adding into their retirement because they have actually done the work to say, on retirement, if I'm going to live 20 years, 30 years, how much am I going to need to maintain the current lifestyle that I have? So there are people who have actually worked on themselves emotionally and mindset-wise so that they are actually not moved by this. But I think that is like your 10% of people. Right. That is like your 10% of people, the majority are still you know, struggling in debt, um, struggling to make the day-to-day and meet, uh, under pressure to keep up with the Joneses. So a lot of people are in that cycle where they haven't made a decision and choice for themselves to say, what do I need financially? What are my financial values? So how can I live out these financial values? How do I manage my emotions? Because the temptation is going to come. How do I regulate myself? What do I put in place to make sure that I can regulate the temptation or the excitement of the fact that, you know, the credit card is there. There are people who live with a fully paid credit card, right? It's there. I don't need to touch it. It's not my money. It's there. It's not my money. It's money for retirement. So I'm not going to touch it. In fact, I want to increase it.
0: The other issue is I mean, I remember years ago before the pandemic reading a phrase that South Africans spend money they don't have on things they don't need to impress people they don't like. Um, You described it, I think, as keeping up with the Joneses. Now, after the pandemic, things have got so much worse, particularly because of food price inflation. So people are really struggling just to keep enough food going for their families. How do you get out of that kind of um, situation? How do you stop uh, thinking about other people and just thinking about yourself. I think a lot of people find that quite difficult.
2: I think it's an inner development uh, that needs to happen. If you haven't actually done the work um, to find out your self-awareness, who am I? What matters? What are my values? What are my financial goals? What is my financial vision? So a lot of people have not defined that for themselves. Self-determination around your finances is determined by society and social conditioning. So we end up acting or behaving based on the social conditioning we've received. So I think to get out of it, what we need to do is to spend more time, um, you know, developing a financial mindset. That includes your self-determination, right? So doing the inner goals, the inner work, That helps us to define who we are around finances, what we need to create with our money, and then that allows you to self-regulate in moments where you have opportunities and temptations like, yes, you can get access to a third of your pension. But if you have already defined what you want now and in the future, these things will not move you. So it requires a lot of courage, a lot of courage. You're talking about living beyond uh, your means to live. I always talk about live below your means, not within. Below, mm. because we've seen the repo rates increase, and everyone who was living within, they are now struggling. So below, if you had given just a bit leeway to say, if one or two things change, I still have income to cover um, you know, those changes. Mm. Like they, we're talking about inflation right now, we're talking about food inc- uh, prices increasing, we're talking about all the other things that are increasing. But if you are living tight feet, right, just on the edge, within when things change, like inflation, you, you're unable to, to make any, 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 any movement, any, any, any um, adjustment. Unless if you are courageous enough to say, you know what, I am going to downsize. And a lot of us don't have that courage. So there's a lot of courage that is required around managing our own finances and a lot of self-development, inner development for us to be able to um, you know, make financial decisions that, are, that, that maintain our well-being. Mm right so we're not living with financial stress day to day but we've got high levels of financial well-being around our finances
0: dr mavis your recap thank you human behavior specialist really appreciate the time in a moment Eunice Sabir, the financial and life coach nine minutes to nine mediated conversation on safm continuing your mediated conversation around the 2 pot retirement system and the changes that are coming Sabir is a financial and life coach Eunice, good morning
3: Good morning, Stephen. And Good morning to your listeners.
0: If you're now allowed to take one-third of your pension out, how should you decide whether you should access that money or not? What should you look at when you try and make that decision?
3: Interesting question, Stephen. There are a few aspects that we need to really focus on um, at this time with this temptation, I call it, that is facing us. And it could be a temptation to save lives for some people, but it could also be a wasteful temptation for some. So the aspects for me that that come forth to make a decision whether to or not to, it's my age. How old am I right now? How close am I to retirement? Because the time factor is very critical. How many years do I still have left for me to to continue working and have the ability to continue contributing towards my my pension fund? The older I am, it's a, a big risk. The younger generation may have an opportunity to maybe top up and recover. That's one. Two, it's the amount of debt that I have currently. How much do I owe in total? And where can I, how do I adjust to take care of my debt without tapping into my pension fund? And thirdly, it'll be my current commitment. That I need to cut down, like Dr. Mavis has mentioned, that I need to work hard in balancing and taking care of my current commitments, cut down where I need to, and focus on my commitments so that I reduce the temptation to tap into into the um, retirement system uh, withdrawal. And and uh, the commitment will will also tie in with my responsibilities right now, my lifestyle. So we need to look into those. That. Uh, the few to- uh, uh, points that come to mind that, for me, are very critical in making that decision.
0: We all know in the longer term it's better to save, right? But it seems, I think it must feel, it is, does feel like it's becoming impossible to do that. We're literally living hand to mouth. How do we manage ourselves in this situation?
3: Again, it is financial discipline, financial knowledge and the adaptability. We need to be able to adapt to circumstances. So right now, if i 'm feeling the pinch that i 'm heavily indebted and I see no room there 's no cent left for me to save, let alone invest, I need to adjust and release some money somewhere, try by all means to find a hole to, 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 to save as as little as you can because this is you building up your own re- reserves financially because without that, we will be perpetually dependent on debt, so it is a critical discipline to try i know people are going to say are you crazy we have nothing left instead we keep borrowing every month but the mindset that says i would like to stop borrowing and sh- and, and shift my mindset to try and say so it really requires a serious uh, uh, adjustment in our lives if i need to downscale let me so that i release myself from the financial commitments that i have currently that leave me with no money to a position where I have a little bit of access and 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 I'm able to put away something for myself for the future.
0: So we know that savings make us richer, right? And savings and investments and in pensions can be a really powerful tool to do this, and they can generate wealth. Um, this decision by the National Treasury, could it reduce the effectiveness of using pension funds to create wealth? Could we find in the longer run actually this reduces the sort of wealth creating effect, or is it not going to matter that much?
3: It will definitely reduce, given that is a fact. However, if we look at it for the intention that is, it is meant to for that temporary financial relief, and we take it because we really have to, and we have a plan to come kind of recover from the withdrawal that would have taken then. Um, The the outlook is not so negative, if I may put it that way. However, like Mavis said and the previous speaker, that if we're going to take advantage of the opportunity, whether I I really need to or because it's accessible, then it's going to defeat the purpose. So yes, pension funds are meant to be our our future plan because if if the system wasn't introduced in the way it is, the majority of us would retire with nothing in our hands. So, so that is the future plan once we, we, we reach retirement for at least, I mean, to at least have some income. So, if I tap into my my kitty that I have accumulated over the years, surely by the time I retire, my kitty has reduced. So, if I really, really, really have to tap into it now, what is my plan to recover and still continue topping up so that with this rate of inflation that we're living in now, I, I have enough. To live off from when I retire. Um,
0: <coughs> excuse me. Why are we in so much debt? I realise in the last three years uh, from the pandemic there are particular impacts, but we were heavily indebted before that.
3: True, very true. We we have been an a, an over indebted uh, society for for quite a while. The pandemic just just you know took off the wheels um, completely, if if you understand what I'm trying to say. and and and, and some of the reasons to towards that is was mentioned before and we always say this is lack of knowledge in terms of personal financial management and household financial management it's lack of discipline but um the previous speaker uh, said you know how much education can we feed uh, onto on onto the consumers for them to to grasp and live within that within the discipline so it's it's an individual decision to say when i Fear of the information. When I'm educated of the tips, you know, to manage my finances, how much do I consume and take that and convert into making use of that? So uh, I, it's a personal thing that I need to. I see the need to adjust. I see the need to adapt to unlearn my habits and learn new ways of managing finance finances, so that I cut down on unnecessary uh, expenses that have led to me being so over indebted make a U-turn, turn turn around and start paying off the debt and saving a bit of money. However, with all that said, we we are not going to be um, disregarding the fact that COVID was just a top-up on top of Mm -hmm. this. But there are things such as our lifestyle. The interest rates have also uh, uh, injected fear and and more disruption, if I may put it that way. So it therefore comes back to us to say, I need now to roll up my sleeves even further and pull up my socks higher for me to try and recover and make sure that I have a secure and
0: stable financial future. You know, Sabir, thank you very much indeed. Financial and life coach really appreciate the time. My thanks also to Dr. Meva Ioreka, a human behavioural specialist. And starting us off today, Alvina Taylor, the Director for Retirement Funding at the Tax and Financial Sector Policy Division at the National Treasury. Well, we will be back with you tomorrow from Mdu, Banyana, Zelma, Stanza, myself. Look after yourself. Uh, you with there, SAFM. Leading the conversation, it's nine o'clock. Cathy takes over.
3: Good morning, Stephen. Our insurance will go out of their way to try and save you money on your car insurance. If they can't, ask for 500 Rand. SMS out to 38462. Now that's good news.